Philippians chapter 4. But we're going to start in chapter 3. <laughs> okay, Art was there last week, and let's just back up just a little bit to verse 17 in chapter 3. He says, Brethren, join in following my example, and observe those who walk according to the pattern that you have us. For many walk, of whom I have told you, and now tell you, even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetite, whose glory is their shame, who set their minds on personal things. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity of the body of His glory, by the exertion of the power that He has even subjected all things to Himself. Chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, my brother, Beloved brethren, whom I long to see, my joy and crown, in this way, stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. Paul is wrapping up this letter, this thank you note to the Philippians. They were, they were so uh, much a part of Paul's ministry. They gave to him in my period, and um, he really didn't have any problems with them. Saying that, we pick up in verse 2. I urge you, Euodia and Synthesy, to live in harmony in the Lord. Indeed, true companion, I ask you also to help these women who have shared my struggle in the cause of Christ of the gospel, together with Clement, also and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Well, these two sweet ladies had been with Paul, and we don't know what happened. We don't know what the circumstances of the argument or quarrel or disagreement was. And we don't know who true companion is. Sometimes when you're working out a problem, you need a third party. And evidently this third party was what he called true companion. He said, I ask also that you help these women who have shared my struggle in the cause of the gospel. As Christians, we need to be people of the book. We need to, to follow the book. We need to be Christ-like. And we need to get along. Uh, for years, Velta had a nephew that lived across the field from us. The boys were younger. Whenever, maybe they would have a quarrel, or maybe Velta and I would have a quarrel, Butch's comeback would be, y'all try to get along. <laughs> try to get along. And I have disagreements sometimes. Sometimes... 
in this church with some people that, you know, don't do things the way I want them to do it. <laughs> and, uh, and yet, <clears throat> we agree. Sometimes we agree to disagree. I've had that in the last year. We've just come to an impasse that we can't agree. But there's no hard feelings, not on my part. But it's, it's, uh, it's one of those things. And Paul is telling these two ladies, you know, please get along. Because the cause of Christ is much bigger. I, I, it upsets me in the news when we see something happen. And it always has some, you know, the media says it's some Christian thing. Because of, if anybody gets along, we need to get along. So as Paul is closing out the book of Philippians, he says, pray for these two ladies. He says, because they've been helpful, very helpful for me in the gospel. Picking up with the verse 3, about the middle of it, he said, together with Clement and also the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. <clears throat> now, I gave you a little piece of paper with some scripture on it. Uh, we're going to run some scripture this morning, if you will. And if we, you will go to Exodus 32, and we'll see this particular thing, and we'll follow that little list for a minute. <clears throat> Exodus 32. Jane, I'm sorry. Who didn't get one?
he had sent the 70 out. He went two by two. And he was sending them out, and he said he had given them authority uh, over a lot of things. And he says, I'm sending you as lambs in the midst of wolves, carrying no money. Um, just go. Chapter 10, verse 17. And the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Verse 18 is a verse you kind of need to know. <clears throat> this is the Lord again talking. And he said to them, I was watching Satan fall from heaven like lightning. The, tr the Trinity from the beginning of time. <clears throat> Jesus was there when Satan was thrown from heaven. He said, I saw him fall like lightning. Verse 19. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and on all the power of the enemy, and nothing will injure you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. Rejoice. What's your definition of rejoice? Anybody? Rejoice. Rejoice. Okay. What's the next scripture we've got down there? Matthew? Revelation. Okay, Revelation. It's the 21st chapter. Let's begin with about verse 22. <clears throat> and I saw no temple in, for the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb were its temple. And the city has no need for the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God has illuminated it, and its Lamb, excuse me, its light Lamb is the Lamb. The earth, the nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. In the daytime, there will be no night there. Its gates will never be closed. And they will bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. <clears throat> and nothing unclean, and no one who has practiced abomination and lightnings shall ever come into it. But only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. <clears throat> Folks, it doesn't matter <laughs> what your obituary says, how long it is. All these accomplishments you have done or haven't done. But if you said yes to Jesus said shed blood on the cross and have taken his righteousness for your own and believe in what he did, you're saved. And when that happens, heaven rejoices and your name is written in the book of life. And that's the only recording that really ever matters. That your name is written in the book of life. Now, we go to what? Matthew? 
aqui. Pode ser escrito. É de telefonia. Essas linhas do Word Street.
absent from the body, present in the Lord. So Paul is here telling him, he said, rejoice. And again, I say, rejoice. That's a tremendous thing. We've talked about attitude in here. That is the one thing that we can control, our attitude. We can, we can walk around with a sour face, but we can control that too. Rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. Verse 5. And let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is there. Now, gentle. Gentle. You've heard the expression, you know, this big burly man. Somebody says, look, well, he's just a paper. You know? He might look big and gruff, but yet he's powerful. He's gentle. Uh, and that's where we need to be. We need to be gentle. We need to, just like a child would come in here and we would deal with the child. We need to be gentle in everything we do. Gentle spirit, knowing to all men that the Lord is near. Verse 6. Be anxious for nothing. We'll pause now for station identification. <coughs> How many of you have problems with being anxious? Worry. Worry. Brenda, you don't have any problems with worry. Yeah. <laughs> worry. Look at Matthew 6. Matthew chapter 6. That's the next thing in Holy Scripture. Yes. This is part of the Beatitudes. I think we read the scripture. I was talking to someone Friday and like the old gospel song goes, you know, uh, take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. More times than not, we take our burdens to the Lord and pick them back up and take them home to us and hash it again. Leave them there. Leave them there. This is what Jesus said, verse 25 of chapter 6. For this reason I say to you, do not worry about your life as what you will eat or what you will drink or for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow nor reap or gather in the barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you being worried can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worrying about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They neither toil nor do they spin. Yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself, excuse me, in all his glory clothed himself like these, one of these. There's a knot in there somewhere. I didn't read it right. Verse 30. If God so clothed the grass of the, 
the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you little, little faith. Do not worry then what we shall eat, what we shall drink, what we shall wear for clothing. For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. But seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Let me hasten to say, <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. But at the same time, you have a responsibility to do what you know to do. Dwight L. Moody, who the old pastor in Chicago was talking about being out in a boat. And the boat began to take on water. And uh, the person that was with him says, Brother Moody, pray. He said, that's fine. We'll pray, but hand me that bucket and let me bail too. So there's things we need to do. We can't do nothing and expect the Lord just to drop it in our laps, but at the same time, we're not to worry about having enough. Now, here they talk about shelter, clothing, and food. I dare say there's not one in here that has worried about shelter, clothing, or food. But we get all balled up in other things. And we worry about that. We worry about that. <clears throat> Andy, our son, other son, is in an airplane right now going from Amsterdam, Holland to New Delhi, India. And I'd be less than honest if I had worried a little bit. And this morning we get up and each of us has a Fox News alert. And the first thing that I looked on my phone, it says, airplane went down to Indonesia. <laughs> that, my anxiety level went up a little bit. You know. And yet, Andy knows the Lord. He's doing what he wants to do. He's taking every precaution he can take. And I'm trusting the Lord for everything. If he doesn't make it back, he doesn't make it back. But I'm trusting him to do that. So we need to trust the Lord. Back to Ephesians 4. He says, <clears throat> I'm sorry. Philippians 4. I'm not changing books on <laughs> Philippians 4. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. I see I've got one of the scripture out. Or turn to Romans 8. 
next scripture tonight. Romans 8. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Who will bring the charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died. Yes, rather, who was raised and is the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? The tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, and sword? Or as it is written, for your sake, we are being put to death all day long. Consider the sheep to be slaughtered. In all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer him who loved us, through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Back to Philippians. <clears throat> be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. Maybe you can remember it this way. Worry about nothing. Pray about anything. Thank God for everything. Worry about nothing. Pray about everything. Thank God. Well, I've run out of time. We'll pick up here next week and maybe get to the end of the chapter. <laughs> when we leave Philippians, we're going to Colossians. Now, when we get through with Colossians, which will be sometime later, Art and I are going <laughs> to... We're going to try to do something that neither one of us have done before. And we don't know how long it takes. You know, we spent almost a year in Mark. We spent almost that much in Romans. We're going to the book of Isaiah. And it might take us a year and a half. <laughs> but anyway, we're going we're gonna to see. We'll probably take it in chunks of Scripture rather than verse by verse like we've been talking about. But uh, I'll give you some handouts as we get closer and uh, that type, type thing. We need to enter
introduce the book because if we don't introduce it right, you'll be confused from day one. So it's going to take us a couple of weeks to introduce the book, uh, and then we'll go to the book of Isaiah. But we got uh, Colossians to do before we do that. <clears throat> so if you want to read ahead, uh, read ahead. Um, there's a section from chapter 15 to chapter 23 that Isaiah talks about the judgment of the nations around Israel. Um, we're going to skip that. <laughs> we're going to skip that part. But uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. So we finish Philippians, we go to Colossians, and then we want to Isaiah. And that'll be later on. I don't know when we get there. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go. Okay? The music this morning is great. Listen, uh, Jack Hayford wrote it. What's the name of it? Majesty. Majesty. It's a great. And listen to Lanya. Listen to Lanya. We are so blessed to have that girl, and we use a lot of tracks. But this morning, Lanya is going to play, and you listen to her fingers. <laughs> what she does. I love you. Thank you for being here. Let's go to Father, we thank you for all you are. We thank you for this time together. We ask that you bless us. Father, help us to worry about nothing. Help us to pray about everything. Help us to be thankful for anything you give us. Remind us this week. Remind us this week. As we go from this place, bless the second service. Bless the music, bless everything that's said and done, sung and prayed. And we'll be careful in you our praise, honor, and glory for everything. And when we get home today, we can simply say, you know, it was good to be in God's house today. And we thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen.